This is a Five Drive catch-up. Despite the global pandemic of COVID-19 taking over the majority of news at the moment, there are also incredibly high tensions in the United States. What has gone on recently is Twitter, the company, has hid Trump's tweets about Minneapolis, saying it glorifies violence. So basically, what happened in a series of two tweets put out by uh, Donald Trump, President of the United States, he had said that he would, quote, send in the National Guard to restore order to Minneapolis, which has been wracked by protests and looting following the death of George Floyd, a black man, after he was pinned to the ground for several minutes by a white police officer. Quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, Trump said, promoting or prompting Twitter to hide the message for its in view, or for in its view, rather, quote, glorifying violence. Uh, What Twitter basically does is says that we place a public interest notice on the tweet from real Donald Trump, which now has created backlash from Trump and his supporters, further dividing America on the issue. So I thought this is something that would naturally be of interest to somebody who I've had on my show many times, who joins me on the line now, Vadali Oestesen. Vadali Oestesen is speaking from the perspective of social media law. She's a social media attorney and partner at Shepston and Wiley. Good afternoon, Vadali. Good to have you back on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Did I get the context right, do you think? I mean, is this basically what's happened? Yes, that, that is correct. That's exactly what's happened. And it causes, uh, it's so inflammatory. Obviously, the subject matter is inflammatory. Anything that Trump does is inflammatory. Um, and then, obviously, when social media, any kind of huge social media, behemoth like Twitter gets involved, then, you know, you can just expect a complete outrage. And it's it's quite difficult to navigate because um, it's not black and white. You can't say, oh, Twitter's completely wrong. You can't say Trump's completely wrong. You There's all sorts of different perspectives that will have ramifications for free speech. So um, it's got to be looked at very, very carefully. And what is it about fundamentally? Because Twitter, on the one hand, Twitter's a private company, so surely they can do what they want. But I mean, on the other hand, can they always? Because, I mean, they do, they do represent a large voice within the public. Yes, and I think that that's where, the, where, that's where the issue comes in, because it used to be that we could say that Twitter and Facebook and all of those big social media platforms were just a private company, but they're not. They're not anymore. They've got such tremendous power. Um, they all, I mean, they're international, and, and the amount of influence that they have is almost more than a government does. They're incredibly powerful. So if they decide to shut down voices, uh, that can have a massive effect. But at the same time, they are private companies. Um, and you never want to get into a position where you have the government, like Trump, saying, well, I'm having an executive order and I'm going to shut down Twitter because that obviously shuts down free speech. And it's, and it's very clear there because you've got a government saying, I'm going to shut down free speech. When you've got a um, company shutting down free speech, sure, they may be entitled to do that because they're a private company. It's their platform. You've agreed to their terms of service. But it's quite a strange uh, situation because it's such a huge, huge company. Um, and and it's almost the multinational corporations almost have more power, as I said, than, than governments do sometimes. So when, when they are censoring views that they don't like, um, that also can become slightly problematic. I wonder as well, given the fact that they are a multinational company, as you put it, uh, and mm-hmm. Donald Trump also being the president of the United States, it is an American-based company, an executive order in this instance, if that looks to shut down Twitter, is that looking to shut down Twitter, the company, or is that looking to shut down Twitter's access within America, where well, Trump's the president? 
Well, I think it will be um, it will be in America. But I, I see. I get your point. But what they've done is that Twitter and Facebook and all of them have obviously made sure that they've got branches in all kinds of um, you know in all different countries. But what he's done is not trying to shut down Twitter, but he's basically saying that um, he is going to hold them a lot more responsible than they have been held in the past. Because it used to be that they couldn't be held responsible for the content that people put up because they, they weren't seen as, um, as kind of editors or, or publishers. They were just seen as notice boards, essentially. Mm. So, so they, weren't, they weren't sort of personally liable for what was put up. And what he's essentially trying to do is say, okay, well, now you're going to be responsible for everything that goes up. I think that's, that's, and that's a slight nuance. So it gets very, very, the point is it gets very, very complicated. We'll come up. back with Valley Oesthuis and some more next on the show talking about Trump's tweets getting muted and what will likely happen next. And right now on the show, as we go quarter to five, we're catching up with Vadley Oerstazen. She's a social media attorney and partner at Shepston and Wiley. We're trying to unpack quite a complex issue uh, when it comes to the recent muting of one of Treat's tweets rather by President Donald Trump uh, amidst ongoing violence and protests at the moment in Minneapolis. Uh, I, I, let's, can we jump back in, Vadley, and talk about whether or not this is setting any sort of a precedent? I mean, have we seen this before? Yes, well, I mean, they had to clean up their terms of service, especially Twitter, because they come come under such scrutiny and had such flack for the fake news kind of, uh, I said pandemic, <laughs> kind of the, the fake sense. news problems yeah, that they had had in the past. I mean, when um, there was a, that whole Cambridge Analytica issue, um, that was all social media platforms that were generating fake news. So. Then they start tightening up their, um, their terms of service. And then, then you have a situation where the, a leader is, is being muted. Uh, it, it just becomes so complex because who becomes the arbiter of what is news and what isn't mm. news and what is opinion and what isn't opinion and who's entitled to say what? Um, and so now you've got these massive social media giants up against this massive, um, you know, power in terms of the U.S. government. Um, and I just, I actually, I must be honest, I don't know what the solution is. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say. I mean, do, do, is there any indication that we, we treat, we treat presidents or political leaders differently on social media to normal people, for lack of a better way of putting it? Well, I think that to be realistic, there's a lot of people that have a huge amount of healthy skepticism for what Donald Trump says. Um, but, I mean, he is an extreme example. He is possibly the most extreme example because he, he says things and, and people have a very, very strong reaction to him. And they either vehemently agree or they vehemently don't. But you might have a, a political leader that, that puts out information on, on social media where there isn't that extreme reaction. And... Uh, people, and you can see that especially now when people are relying on social media for the news, uh, they, they latch on to what they want to latch on to. And mm. if it sounds incredibly, um, you know, if it's credible and um, it seems as though it's based in fact, I mean, who, who makes the decision? It, be, it becomes so complex. And I, I don't have a problem with fact-checking at all. I just, 
I get concerned when, when free speech is, is stifled, but at the same time, I'm incredibly concerned with disinformation. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the answer. Sure, no, fair <laughs> enough. And I mean, it's also, look, I mean, the, the reality is we do live in a world where politicians are held differently accountable depending on where they're talking. It's very different if I make an allegation to, to Verli, who's another member of parliament, and I do that in parliament versus if I do that on another platform sort of, you know, out in public somewhere. We already make that distinction there. So, yeah, whether a lot of this will determine jurisprudence going forward or whatever, it remains to be unseen. And as you said, incredibly complex. But thanks for helping us to just unpack it a little bit further. No problem at all. It's great to be on the show again. Fadley Oeste is in social media attorney and partner at Shepston and Wiley. Trump tweets, get muted. What will happen next? This is a five drive catch up.